are you? This is J Funds One, and we are going to talk about the follow up from the episode that we saw last week on Sunday on the Game of Thrones. And today it's just myself and Diana, and uh, I get a ch- I get a chance to uh, have some have some one on one time with Diana because she has such a great brain. Welcome to the yeah. podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. So, thank you. <laughs> so you guys don't know. Now I have a lot of questions that Diana has no idea what I'm going to ask. So whatever oh, I <laughs> whatever I ask is totally off the cuff. But before before I start. Is there anything that you want to talk about from last week's show that you kind of were thinking about during the week? Yeah, there's a few things, actually. So I hate to be a downer, but so so last week's episode, the the one before this this past Sunday, the one with the huge epic dragon battle, like that was a great episode. I watched it multiple times and I liked it more the second time I watched it. But for some reason, this episode, like I was fine with it after it aired, but then after I thought about it, there was there was a few things that kind of bothered me about it. So Such I wanted as? to know the pacing of the show seems to be becoming a big problem. So, for example, in in prior seasons, what would have been content that spans over the course of multiple episodes is now kind of being crammed into one episode. Like remember in season one how long the journey was for Ned and Arya and Sansa to go from Winterfell to King's Landing in the south for him to be Hand of the King. And now journeys like that happen in the span of two minutes. So without having been said, if Cersei is actually pregnant, realistically, by the time that Jon Snow takes to go from Dragonstone to Eastwatch by the Sea, that should be like a, a two-month-long journey by ship. Like, she she's going to be like halfway through her pregnancy by the next episode if she's actually preg- pregnant. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, did, did you notice that? Like, you don't feel like the pacing is just a little bit too fast? Like, I get it that they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, close up the whole series. But I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think that I've heard that criticism a lot online and on uh, the different people that I like to follow. And I have to disagree with all of you guys in that I think that the Game of Thrones took six years to really character build. Well, more or less, the pacing isn't more or less the com- criticism. The criticism is that they're just wrapping, everything seems to be wrapping up really, really quickly, and there's no more character development. And my and my response to that, and to yours, actually, is that it took six years for, six seasons for the character development to happen on the Game of Thrones. Now we are in the, basically, the end times. And the end times of anything... I, I think has a, has a past has a faster pace, so they're not going to quibble with the amount of time it takes to travel here or there. Um, as far as Cersei being pregnant, you were right; she would have to be showing at that point. But I remember you saying that you don't think she is pregnant, and I think that <laughs> I think that that, go, that that's what you said is further evidence that she really isn't, because if she were, then she would have to be further along than she is right now. So I am I'm really happy with the pacing and the character development of the series because I think that it serves to give us exactly what we want, answer all the questions that we've been asking for six years. All right. All right. I can get on board with that. I mean, you know, maybe it's just me being hopeful that I don't want this series to end you know, and I, I just, it's just sad to see things happening so fast because I just wish there was more to see about it, you know? I actually think that another another seven series after this may be a bit too much. I was I was thinking that maybe... Another season, you mean? Yeah, another season, yes. You know, yeah. another, yeah, I think it's too much. I think that three at the most should do it with the way they're telling the story um, next season. Like three really, really solid seasons, really solid episodes should close it up. I don't know what they're going to do with, with, with all of the seven, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm I'm ha- like, so happy that there's going to be another seven because I just feel like there's so many unanswered questions and there's so many reunions I want to see and things I want to see happen. So I'm excited to see what they actually fill those episodes with. But uh, I, there, there was one other thing besides the pacing that I wanted to bring up to you. So the more, the more that I thought about it, this whole plot of this past episode... Um, or one of the plots in this episode with this whole raging party, you know, the hero squad up at East Watch by the Sea of all of our favorite characters. This idea of them going to catch a, a White Walker seems kind of kind of stupid to me. Like they're they're going they're going to range up in the north in 
fatally dangerous White Walker inhabited lands on this death mission to capture a White Walker only to spend another few months traveling with it all the way down to King's Landing just to quote unquote prove to Cersei that the White Walkers are real all in the hopes of what? That she's going to send her armies up north to help Jon Snow? I mean, like, hell well, no. I feel like nothing, you know, like, what What exactly? Don't you feel like it's just kind of like a dumb mission? Like, no, what do you I, th- I feel the exact opposite. Because um, the Game of Thrones, to me, has always been that to accomplish something, they have to, they have to do something at great risk. And there is no, th- th- there is no other way to convince Cersei that they need to all unite against the White Walkers if they don't give her a sample of, of what is to come. I mean, Cersei isn't going to believe anything that they're saying, no matter what they do. And without Cersei's help and Cersei's army and Cersei's um, provisions, uh, every, everything, that, everything that King Landing brings, there's no way that they're going to be able to defeat the... Uh, the White Army. So, is that right? The White Army? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Army of the White Walkers or Army I, of the I, Dead or whatever. Multiple I, names. I, but I, uh, I, I guess I, I guess I'm I guess I'm watching too much um, news Walking lately. Dead. <laughs> no, no news lately. The White Army. <laughs> Just... Oh. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But, that, but, but uh that, uh-huh. so I think that I mean, there's no other way. I mean, if, if they right, don't but, if they don't my... bring her a sample, how how are they going to accomplish that mission? You tell me. Right, but my my point is, why are they even doing this mission when it's not going to matter? Like, who actually thinks that Cersei is going to care about seeing the corpse of a White Walker or a even a live White Walker? Like, who who do they think that she is that she's going to actually help them? And and the mastermind of this whole thing is Tyrion. Like, he he should know her better than that. Like, does he really think that she's that good of you know and moral of a person that she's going to be like oh you're right the real war is up north let me just abandon ship with everything i've got going on down here and just send everyone to you know create this alliance and fight the white wall like no she's not going to do that like crazy they don't have, is Tyrion they don't have that a he- choice they have to try to recruit her because they need everyone's resources everyone they need everyone um i was going through once again the episodes um one two three and four earlier and they were saying that for this war, they don't have to arm every woman and child, including the men, to be able to thwart this threat. So you have to have the largest part of the kingdom join your join your mission if you if, if you intend on being successful. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Maybe it's sort of like a desperation thing, you know, life or death situation where they're willing to uh, risk you know, their chances in order to gain her army, I suppose. Now, I'm, just, glad, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, there, there's been a question. We're going to do a lot of social media today, too, by the way. There's a question on social media saying that is Cersei planning another red wedding? Um, with yes. The so, you, yeah. yes, I totally think so. That's that's definitely what I took out of this last episode um, out of her scenes. I immediately thought of that um, the second that she, I mean, she essentially all but told Jamie that that was what her plan is. She was like, she pretty much said flat out in the episode, like, let's play along with this dragon queen. And, you know, and eventually she, she insinuated that it would be a sort of red wedding type of thing. So I think she's going to pretend to care about what's going on in the North or pretend to maybe, settle with Daenerys on some sort of compromise about something and then she's going to sneakily pull some murderous shit and try to kill everyone and betray everyone. Well then that's, that's what I think. Well then that's when I believe we'll have the Cersei killer which is Sansa. I think Sansa will be able to sniff out anything Cersei may do and have a Sansa? secret Sansa or Arya? Yeah. No, Sansa. Sansa? Sansa. Why? Sounds yeah, 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 no. Sounds like right, yeah, so, Cersei's mine. Yeah, but uh, do you really? Th- I mean, I don't. I don't think they're gonna meet again. Like, sir. Uh, she's, no, 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 not meet. Like, like for instance, when John fought, when John fought the Battle of the Bastards, it was Sansa who had the plan to to bail him out. So you you think that Sansa is gonna have some role in killing Cersei? Yes, I do. 
I think that some role ro- specifically in killing Cersei. Yes, I do. I, I think that no, not in killing Cersei. I think that she will have a role in revealing Cersei's. Um, oh, like she's going to expose Cersei before Cersei's able to do damage. Uh-huh. You think? Yes. Okay. I, that could be. Uh, yeah, I, I think that she's going to have a, a role in like she's she's going to like, and 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 that's why I think Littlefinger will come in, and that's why I think Sansa's keeping him around because she needs someone that can, um, that can listen to her and and deploy troops outside of the normal, of, of the normal recourse that John has w- with his people. All right, I'll, I'll give that that theory a solid six point. Five. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty high score for me. So you know, yeah, yeah I, because, I could maybe see that happening. Maybe because but yeah, because Littlefinger has has awesome resources and knows how to keep his mouth shut and and deploy like 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 he did the first. So you get my theory, a solid six point five. I give it a, a solid six point five. I I could see maybe because because that would be very uh, I don't want to say fan servicey, but that it would it would be nice to see Sansa getting back at Cersei in some way because Cersei put her through so much torture in the early seasons that that's one of those relationships that you would really like to see some closure with. Uh, so uh, yeah, I could see yeah, maybe. Ab- absolutely. Especially with Cersei torture her for all, for all those, for all those years. Yeah. That'd be interesting if she has some role to play. I do still believe the theory that Jamie is going to kill Cersei. So, Oh, okay. Now that, that goes back to my second theory. I'm changing, so I'm only going with three solid with three solid theories. One is you know that the Sons of Harpy and the and that whole crew is going to come back and fight for Cersei. My second theory is that Arya is going to be dressed as Jaime, and that's going to kill Cersei. So the, the prophecy will be fulfilled just in a way we we haven't thought about. Uh, okay. Maybe I'll leave that as an option. I, I still think it would be more redeeming to see the real Jamie kill her, uh, uh-uh, because no. that that would kind, of, but that would kind of complete the arc, you know. That would kind of complete his arc and their whole arc as a couple, you know, because he like no both way. hates her and loves her at the same time. They have this whole like love hate thing going on. So I, I I I secretly hope that it's it's Jamie, like real Jamie in full Jamie form. He that, could never it, he could never kill Cersei no matter what. But I think I think Jamie I think Jamie will give his life for Cersei in the well, end. Right, I, right now right now he will, but I have a feeling sometime either in the next two episodes or next season, probably next season, because they need to keep let's be honest, they need to keep Cersei around up until the very end. She's pretty much the villain of the show. Um so yeah, next season I feel like she's Right, yeah. Right now, he's you know obeying her every whim and everything. But I, I think that it's going to end with him maybe realizing the true, char- her true character. You know, really finally coming to terms with the fact that she's a terrible person, or maybe she does something that is just like a step too far that he can't even support or make excuses for, and then he's gonna, he's gonna kill her, in my opinion. Okay. Um. Secondly, um, another question I want to ask you is: Do you think that that brand will have a role in helping Jon Snow obtain a White Walker. Yes, it seems like it from the previews for next week. Um, well, first of all, they're they're get, it seems like they're getting their intel from Bran. Like, oh, you know, Bran had the had a vision that. Actually, I think that was a direct quote from the trailer for next episode, or the preview for next episode was someone saying that Bran had a vision of the army of the dead. Uh, marching on Eastwatch by the sea. So they sort of got the information from his vision where to even find the White Walkers. So uh-huh. but inter so I think he's gonna help in that way, in the sense that he has he's gonna have visions and they're going to be able to sort of foresee when and where logistical sort of aspects of this battle. Uh in terms of actually being there I mean, he's crippled, so he can't really offer much assistance in that. No, 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 not being there. What I mean is, do you think that he will, he will morgue, what's that, what's, uh, what's that word? Warg. Warg. He will warg into a, one of the animals to, to help them out, like. Oh, like, you know, I didn't even think about that. I, 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 yeah, I kind of forgot that he's, even before he became the Three-Eyed Raven, that he was a warg and he was able to warg into other bodies, um, 
So that would be interesting. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. Okay, and uh, secondly, I want to ask you, do you remember that there was a warg on the um, on the wilding side? Did he ever become a White Walker? He just was killed, wasn't he? Like, that That was in the earlier seasons, and I believe uh, he was killed by, was it Egret? Or, or Jon Snow? Or He he was back, back when Jon Snow was still pretending to be a wildling and pretending to be on Man's Raider's side. There was that that guy who was a warg, but I believe he was killed. I mean, he was a minor character, so I don't really recall specifics, but I do think that he was killed by someone in one of these earlier seasons and they never really brought it up again. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Because you saw that the white walkers had the giants on their side too. So I'm wondering if they also could have wargs on their side. Uh, maybe. Yeah, that's possible. But I feel like they also have special abilities that we may not really be 100% uh, sure on yet. I mean, they are mystical creatures to begin with, so we don't really know the extent of their powers. Aside from re- re- you know, reanimating after death uh, and the fact that they, uh, I don't know, they might have some special abilities that we don't really know about yet. Yeah, well, we know the Night King does because he was able to basically blast Bran out of there with those birds by, by one look. Right, yeah. And then, you know, obviously he has the power to, like, raise raise the dead uh, with his hands. <laughs> so there's definitely going to be some abilities that we might not know about yet. Okay, so speaking um, on Bran and that whole crew, um, Littlefinger, what do you think his motivations are? I mean, from the beginning. I mean... I mean, why, why why do you feel that he is the way he is? So I was kind of hoping that, and I'm still kind of hoping that something's going, something more is going to happen with Littlefinger than just him trying to ma- manipulate the Stark sisters. Because I mean, yeah, yes, it's interesting to see because you know the Stark sisters are major characters, and we've got to have something going on with them. And it's kind of uh, interesting to see this whole new plot that they're having about him trying to manip- manipulate some hatred between them. But I, I, I was still hoping that there'd be some more major manipulation happening on his part, more related to the actual war than just trying to manipulate two girls. Because remember, remember before we really started the season, we were talking about our theories for what was going to happen this season. I, I kept saying, oh, this is going to be the year of, of Littlefinger. He's going to do some, <laughs> some major shit. There's going to be... <laughs> and then... I just feel like he's done nothing really besides besides just be a creep and just try to play these two sisters against each other. Like I, I have, he has to have something bigger in the works, don't you think? What 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 do you think his end game is with the two sisters? Well, his end game is clearly to get them to doubt each other. So he planted to what that. Purpose? What? To what, what purpose? So he can more easily manipulate both of them uh if he drives hatred between them because they're they're stronger united i mean they're they're both starks they're both back in winterfell united they have all this power but if he separates them and creates some hatred between them uh i mean who knows what could happen Arya could Arya's is a threat to him because he sees that she's this master ninja assassin now so by driving her away from sansa maybe she'll decide to leave winterfell altogether and just go go on her own little journeys of revenge with various people. So getting her out of the way is in his best interest because he just wants Sansa to be there so that he can manipulate her um, into, you know, obeying everything that he wants. So that letter. Sorry, go ahead. The letter, go ahead. Right. The letter. I can't remember if we talked about this on Sunday, but you, you saw what it, uh-huh. Said, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was it's, yeah, that, that that was a letter that Cersei wrote under the duress of uh that was that was a letter Sansa wrote under, under the duress of Cersei. Yes, exactly. So yeah, it's pretty clear that he's trying to get Arya to read this letter and think that Sansa betrayed her own family uh <clears throat> while she was in King's Landing. But I don't know how stupid he thinks Arya is because Arya knows that everything that happened in King's Landing. She was there, you know? I mean, she she escaped, but she knew, she might have been a little girl, but she knew what was going on with Sansa, that Sansa, you know, was stuck there after their father was killed and she she couldn't leave. 
because she was essentially like a prisoner of the Lannisters. So, I mean, you'd think Arya would be smart enough to put two and two together and be like, oh, well, obviously my sister wrote this under duress. Uh, so I hope that she's smart enough to realize that because I would really love for this to all end up with Arya actually playing Littlefinger, you know? Like, he thinks he's being smart right now, but really she has some master plan and she doesn't believe this whole letter thing. That's what I'm hoping happens. Are you uh, familiar? About, are, are, you, are you familiar with the show Survivor? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, Survivor. What? What? Okay, Survivor is basically a show where they, um, they, they put um, twenty four contestants on an island, and oh, uh, I remember this back. This was uh, like one of the first reality shows ever on TV, right? Like back in the early two yes. thousands. Yes, and what they do is they, they they split them into two teams initially, and the losing team of the of the of the whatever challenge, they have to go and vote somebody off. You know, vote somebody off. So it's all about you know having allegiances and power teams and so forth. Because if if you have a power team and you have more people on your team, then you can vote who you want on the other side, right? So. Um, one hallmark of Survivor is that in the end, the last three people have to be judged by the people that were voted off. And it was, it's the people that win the game that have, they call big moves. Like, you know, when you switch or you pull a wool over somebody or you do something. And I feel that Littlefinger has had the most big moves this season so far um, when he basically was responsible for jailing Ned Stark. He assassinated or, or, or kind of assassinated King Joffrey, and he killed Lady, Lady Liza. So he has three big moves so far, all in trying to, I believe, sit on the throne himself when it's all said and done. So I think he's trying to divide and conquer. Because how, do you think, how do you think he's... Like, how do you think that he thinks he's going to end up on the Iron Throne? Like, he has no royal blood he has no, he doesn't come from a house that's respected he has no nothing going for him whatsoever like the only way that he really realistically could ever end up on the iron throne is if he literally just murders every single major character on the show like so do you really think that's his plan uh, well l- l- look at his resume so far i mean so far he is he is he has uh, of the three families the Stark family, he basically um, allowed that the head of that family to die. King Joffrey, the Lannister family, he killed the king in that family. And Lady Sosa, who, who was the king of the Vale, basically. So he, he is taking down kings as we speak. But because, because his position is so lowly, we are not giving him credit. But he is actually making, the only person that's made bigger moves than Littlefinger is Cersei. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose when you think about it, well, yeah, she, she's been more bold and made more obvious moves that everyone's like, oh, that was Cersei. Whereas Littlefinger, all of these murders, like, you know, Joffrey um, and uh, uh, and Ned, that was all kind of orchestrated from behind the scenes with his manipulation where no one would really point the finger at him. Uh, like with Joffrey, it really was Olena that, kind of plotted the whole thing he just kind of helped her to execute it so he he's been operating kind of in the in the dark in the back uh just kind of like laying low but in order to get to the iron throne from his current position i mean he'd have to go out and openly just kill everyone so i just can't see i can't see what how he thinks he's gonna get there i agree with you i can't see it either but that doesn't mean that the ice isn't moving. I mean, you know how you stand on a glacier and you don't feel it's moving, but it is? Just as you have a glacier moving, but you don't really, you don't really feel it's moving, but it's basically it's been unstoppable. I see Littlefinger as a glacier that's moving, and I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be successful, but I feel that that is his end game. and that, that he has been, I mean, part of it comes from his passion. He doesn't indulge and the women that he sold. He doesn't indulge in... Basically, only thing that he indulges in is being able to manipulate people and get them out the way. That, that's his calling card. That's his passion. That's his, 
that's his highlight of his day when he's able to do that. When he betrayed Ned Stark, he was coming out like a bird showing his feathers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. And I, I completely agree with you that he that that's what he wants. I do believe that that's his plan. It, I mean, he all but said it in the prior seasons that there were there were scenes of him. I forget with who, but there were scenes where he blatantly admitted that what he's after is power and that he's after essentially the, the Iron Throne. But my point, I guess, is just that I think it's so unrealistic for, thing, for him to think that he even has a chance of it because he has no claim whatsoever. So, yeah, I, I just can't see it happening for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But, okay, so, um, but Littlefinger... And now we're going to go back to your your your, your original theory that Littlefinger was going to be have a big role. I'm starting to see Littlefinger going to have a tremendous role in the last seven episodes, because yeah, so? yes, because as I was going through the history of, of of him on Game of Thrones, he's he's elevated him and various. I think will have will have tremendous influence in the last seven seasons. And I want to talk about various next, but Littlefinger is just biding his time right now and learning learning the dynamics of this new power structure. The new power structure being Jon Snow, Sansa, Arya, um, the Wildings. Right. So he, he's like learning, because the, the old power structure he was under, Cersei, um, um, Baratheon, Ned Stark, he learned that power structure and he was able to manipulate it. So I think he's just learning. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I didn't say anything. No, but yeah, you're right. That That's a good point to make, uh, is, is the fact that all of his big moves, as you said, um, in the prior seasons, like the plot to kill Joffrey, um, the whole Liza Aaron thing, the Ned Stark thing. You're right. They did. They did all take a full season of him kind of creeping around and doing nothing before that happened. You know, he he played exactly, yeah, behind the scenes, and it took a while to develop. So yeah, maybe this is just the season where he's getting you know, a firm hold on how the Starks operate and what's going on up in the North. And maybe next season is going to be the season where we actually get to see him do some real evil little finger stuff. And because, and because we have so many other things going on in Game of Thrones, we didn't really notice that he was just basically just biding his time. Um, I want to talk about various next because I'm starting to have different thoughts about various as I was going through his, his life too. And um, my first question I want to ask you is this. Do you think Varys knows they, that John Stark is a true heir to the throne? No, I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I, I still don't think anyone knows besides Bran. I don't know. I mean, if if it it was this secret that was taken, you know, to the grave by Ned Stark, and it was never indicated that anyone knew anything about it, because that's a huge thing for people to keep quiet and i mean various is yes he's the spider and the master of whispers and everything but i think that's all whispering related to what's going on at the moment i don't think he's had any reason to have to dig into john stark's parentage so um john snow's parentage rather uh i i wouldn't see any reason why he would know that and if he didn't know that, I wouldn't see any reason for his character to take any action related to it. Because I don't really see how it would affect him personally. Oh, well, this is why. Is that when he was describing his witchcraft, that it was the Lord of Fire or Fire was associated with the person that really tortured him. I think that he has been planning a lifelong revenge to cut the head off the dragon of that snake. I think that dragon is represented in the, in the Targaryen's. And uh, I'm starting to feel that um, I'm starting to feel that little, that various is probably far more dangerous than Littlefinger because of the because of his history and not being comfortable with um, the the red magic or or the or the fire you know god. Yeah. Well, I definitely have a theory that, um, and we discussed this in a. Or at least me and me and Dre did in one of our other uh, podcasts. The theory that Varys is betraying uh, Daenerys right now, so that could tie into what you're what you're talking about because everyone is kind of saying right now that there has to be someone 
in Daenerys' corner that's betraying her right now because Cersei just seems to have way more information about their army's whereabouts and, and what's going to happen than she should. So it's kind of clear that someone is being a traitor, someone secretly reporting to Cersei or letting letting information out. And Varys is the one that it makes it it makes the most sense that it would be him. So if there is someone who I think is betraying her in her uh, in terms of her current group that's serving her, it's it's Varys. So I definitely think that that could be true. Well, can you? Um, I I think so, but not to the extent that you're saying. I think that he, I think that he is setting, he's doing something. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, but, because no one knows yet. I mean, that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole point is that, you know, we really, as of right now, don't know what his intentions are. He's just being sketchy. And yeah. as I was, yeah, and, and, and as I was rewatching the um, show with, I'm sorry, the show, the episode where Daenerys was really questioning him. I saw it in a different light, and she didn't seem as aggressive to me. It's almost as if she seemed that she she kind of sensed something, and she didn't quite know what it was. She was trying to hash it out um, with him, and she didn't quite do it because he was able to out-talk her. But I think that her subconscious had picked up something. And You're talking so, about when she was talking to Varys? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch the episode again. But because Because when you watch it again, because when you watch it the first time, you kind of your theories are kind of leading your your emotions, and then when they right. do something, you know that kind of fits. Oh yeah, there it goes. But then when you watch it, when you when you know where she's going in the future, you kind of you kind you kind of let, let yourself relax and watch it the way it's supposed to be watched. And she right. wasn't that she wasn't that aggressive. He said something, and it kind of like her 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 inside. She kind of said something was a little off, you know. Mm. And she well, was, you know, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, I was gonna say. Uh, she she does seem to have a good well aside from Jorah obviously he was betraying her for a while and she didn't know it but aside from that she seems like she she she's kind of aware of when people have other intentions and when they're not being true to her so you know she she's smarter than i think a lot of people give her credit for so i wouldn't be surprised if she already at this point in the season is doubting Varys and thinking that he might be the one that's betraying her i could see Pre- her precisely and 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 that scene didn't end when they when 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 they left the room to meet with um melisandre not melisandre um what, what is the, what is the red witch name melisandre melisandre yes. when they when they went to meet with melisandre that scene didn't end because she looked at him and said we were just talking about pardoning you know people that tried to kill you know do you remember that? I mean, I remember that scene. I'm not sure what you're talking about with pardon. Um, okay, this is all by recall, but they had they had asked her why did she have to leave or something. And oh yeah, they said that she had served the previous king. And oh, you're talking about oh, you're not talking about her conversation with Paris. You're talking about when she leaves uh, uh-huh. Jon Snow and uh, Sir Davos, and they're they're kind of uh, like what no. you're. No, no, oh, no, no. no, no, oh no, no, wait, no, you're she, right, you're right. But she was talking she with left. various. But she was talking with various. Someone came in and said, "There's someone here to see you." That was right after that conversation. Right, right after she said, "I'll burn you," blah, blah, blah. And then someone said, "Hey, there's someone here to see you," and it was the Red Witch, uh, Misandre, and Misandre. And someone said, "Who is this?" And she said, "She used to serve the previous king." And she said, "Don't worry, because we were just forgiving, you know, other people that have served previous kings or something like that." And she looked right at him. So, right. My, my point is, the conversation didn't end. Uh-huh. She was still in that mode where I'm kind of trying to understand where you're coming from. And right now I'm pardoning you, but there's still a question in my mind. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. So my next question I have for you that you totally unprepared for, but are you ready for it? (laughs) Sure. Go ahead. Do you think we'll see Ghost again? Yes, I definitely do. Ghost has been gone. Yeah, Ghost has been gone for far too long, so it seems like now that the show writers don't have George R. R. Martin's books to kind of guide them, uh, now that they're kind of writing their own content for the show, it seems like they're doing a lot of fan service, you know, like bringing back Gendry 
and Gendry, whatever the hell his name is, uh, and, you know, creating this whole, like, hero squad up in the north. Like, they're they're doing a lot of fan service and stuff that people want to see, and everyone is dying for Ghost to come back. Everyone in the, you know, in the online community and the fandom has been, where's Wolf? I mean, I'm Wolf. Where's Ghost? You know, where's Ghost for, for you know, forever now? So I definitely think that at a moment, I think at a moment when someone needs saving, Ghost is going to come save the day in a very fan servicey way. Okay. Like possibly up north with uh the whole John John Snow crew. I think Joseph's ghost is gonna appear when ghost is needed. I'm what thinking think? that I think that ghost is going to appear and is and Cersei's gonna be in the picture because Cersei was the one that had the other dog killed. Uh you mean Lady Sansa's uh huh. Santa's. Yeah, I, that wasn't really. Was that? Oh, you're right. That was that was Cersei. She was the one who ordered that. Exactly. Yeah, that be right, but that's just adding another, another, you know, not person, but entity that you think is going to have a part in killing Cersei. Like, <laughs> like I well, feel not, like at this point, you think everyone's no, no, gonna no, kill no. Cersei. Not killing her. I think. I think they're going to be in the same frame. Not maybe not kill her, but. That they they're will going, have some sort of reunion. Yeah, they're going to cross okay. paths. Like maybe Cersei, when she when she rolls out her scheme and and somehow Ghost comes and put puts a you know a ration in it and ends up giving his life for for uh for Arya. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe. I definitely think Ghost is coming back. That's for sure. How it happens, not sure. But uh, yeah. Okay, and um, another question that you totally don't know I'm going to ask you is, out of all of the deaths on this show, which one stayed with you the longest? Hmm, that's a tough question. In all of the seasons? Uh-huh. Uh, all right, you I'm going to need a minute I can give you mine. I can give you mine. Yeah, give me yours and I'll think about mine while you're, while you're talking about it. Mine was the death of Hordor. Hodor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a rough one. That stayed with me for the longest because of the way that he served Bran and the the way that that came about was like I just sat there with my mouth wide open and just couldn't, you know, just it just shook me for a while. That had a yeah. bad effect on me. You know, the one that's coming to mind for me right now might not seem like a major character. But I'm going to have to say Oberyn Martell because it was his death was so shocking in, in the show. You really weren't expecting it because they spent that whole season building him up as a character. They gave him so much character development and the actor who played him was so great. And they built him up to be this, this great person and this funny character. And I, I remember that scene that they had of him uh, visiting Tyrion in his cell right after Tyrion got arrested for supposedly killing Joffrey. Um, uh-huh. the, the scene where he goes to visit Tyrion in his cell and he talks about how when he was a little boy, his parents brought him to uh, Casterly Rock and you know told him about you know the monster that had been given birth to in Casterly Rock, uh, this Lannister monster baby, and that how when he looked at Tyrion as a baby, like all he saw was a little baby. And it was a really... It was just such an amazing scene. And that was the scene where he tells Tyrion that he's going to be his champion and he's going to fight for him um, in the trial by combat. And for to go from that to him getting his eyes burst out of his skull by the mountain, like that was just really, it was very, dis- it, it, it was probably one of the most disturbing deaths for me in the show. Well, I, I mean, think that, I'm uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, I mean, there's no doubt that there have been other more shocking deaths, like all the all, everything that happened with the Red Wedding. But I think for some reason, his was the most disturbing to me because it was just so I, I just I don't know, I just wasn't expecting it. And based on the character development they'd put into him, I really thought that he was going to do some other cool stuff before they killed him. So that was sad for me. I think that his first of all, the writing is just so awesome because they his personality dictated the same thing that made him was the same thing that killed him was his boldness he he didn't want to just kill this guy he wanted the guy to re- to recognize what he had done 
and to voice what he had done. Right, exactly. Like, good. And instead of just killing him when he had the chance, he wanted to, you know, that wasn't, that, that wasn't good enough. Right. And I think that that's going to be a pattern that until Cersei actually dies, we're going to have a lot of people that's going to come close and because of their because of their pride, they're, they're not going to take the chance when they should. And, it's, and she's just going to keep winning out. I think, I think Daenerys is going to be the same way. I think Daenerys is going to have a chance to kill Cersei, but Cersei will do something, you know, um, because of her pride. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you don't sound too convinced, but... <laughs> no, no, I just, you know, it, you, you know, your theories are always things that I have never <laughs> thought of before, so <laughs> it's always like, huh, yeah, maybe, I guess, well, it could happen, it could be. Question for you uh, that I was thinking about this week. So, uh, since we're talking about the whole Cersei Daenerys thing, well, this is more, this is a Daenerys thing, but what do you think is up with... John being so worried about telling Daenerys that he died for the Night's Watch and was resurrected. Like, does he think that she won't believe him? Because this is the girl who was reborn out of fire and ashes and brought three ancient dragon eggs back to life and all this other mystical stuff. So what exactly is this issue about telling her that they keep showing scenes of, of her inquiring about it and him being hesitant about explaining like it's a huge secret? Like, what do you think about that? It's a guy thing. You don't want the girl thinking nuts. He likes it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on now. I mean, like, suppose you're on a date, you know, and that happened to you, and and we go, hey, I was I was stabbed in the heart, and I was raised from the dead. Like what? <laughs> you know, just it you just did, asks, you just think that it. he thinks that she she'll think it's too ridiculous. Yeah, it adds another layer to, um, yeah. So it's a guy thing. You you don't want to be. I mean, first of all, he's trying to. He's trying to get her to follow him. He's trying to get. He's trying to gain her trust. And speaking of John, I'm glad you brought up um, John Snow because there's a question I want to ask you. But he's trying to gain her trust, and you just can't have this thing sitting in the background, like you know, you died and was raised. Like, really, did that really happen? You know, are are you crazy? Are you nuts? You know, that I mean, that's just not something that that normally happens. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I was, uh, for some reason, I'm thinking there might be some deeper reason for that. That more so than just plain old, you know, he he doesn't think that she would believe it or that it sounds too ridiculous. Because, I mean, he's also telling her about White Walkers, you know? So, I mean, the idea of a White Walker in and of itself is a person who has died and been resurrected or reanimated. So, I don't know, I find it odd that that he would be afraid to tell her that. So, I don't know, maybe they're going to address that. I feel like they will address it because, because they've shown multiple scenes now of her inquiring about it and being curious. So, there's going to be something with that. So, yeah. we'll find out. So with um, the question I want to ask you about Jon Snow is this, is that do you think who's going to, first of all, who's going to break the news that he's really the, the, the rightful king? And, and when that happens, do you think that, okay, three-part question. Yes. Is, is, the, is, is, the, is, the, is the next war going to be with the White Walkers? Or with each other, or are they setting it up where the White Walkers is this, is 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 the first war, and then the final war will be between House of Targaryen, the House of Cersei, House of, House Lannister. Lannister. Uh huh. Um, and, a, you know that that's a good question. Like, what what? How is the show gonna end? Essentially, is it gonna is the the Game of Thrones and who ends up sitting on the Iron Throne? Is that gonna be the the last thing that they kind of end with, the last issue to be resolved, or is it going to be they decide, you know, that's all sorted out, and then they all, you know, as a kingdom, take on the White Walkers? That's that's a difficult question. I I'm inclined to think that they have to deal with the White Walkers first because they uh -huh. it seems like they're it seems like they're making that the imminent threat. You know, it's the most it's the most important thing right now. It's the priority, um, and being that there there's a lot of focus on building an army to to tackle the White Walker problem during this season, I think that they're going to try to resolve that first, and then they're they're going to finish with the question of, all right, who, you know, what house ends up on top, really. What do you think? So I, I think so, too, but I also think that while, while we're finding, I'll see that while we're finding White Walkers, I think that it'll be Sansa and Cersei playing the, playing the game behind the game, trying to I think Sansa will be trying to neutralize Cersei's 
um, moves while Jon Snow and his crew in the whole world are basically trying to protect humanity. I think right. Sansa will will be the will be like the you know playing chess behind the scenes, trying right. to yeah uh huh. I could see that. So where do you think that Arya fits in in all of this? Like what do you, what do you think her ending well, is going to be, or what do you think? Well, her list. Okay, now I, I know you don't subscribe to my theory, but her list. She's been saying it forever, and the top person on her list is Cersei. Am I right about that? Yes, but Jamie will kill Cersei. Oh right, you told me. Oh wait, we we already went over this. You told me that you right that you think that she's gonna kill Cersei in Jamie's face. I forgot yes. about that. Yes, but, I think. But I also think I think that, um, and I think that Littlefinger would be the one to program Cersei to do that. I think he's trying to. I think he's going to program not Cersei. I apologize, uh, Arya. I think Littlefinger is going to program Arya. He's going to find out what the motivations are and say, if you want to do that, the best way to do go about it is and he's going to program her to do it. What? But they're no, no, no. What, what, where are you getting this from? Like, what, what, is, what do you mean? Like they're, they're against each other. He's trying to like get rid of Arya. Like, so you're, you're saying that they're going to no, actually work together now. That's not, that's not so little fingers game. Little so fingers game. He's going to manipulate her. Littlefinger doesn't get rid of people he tries to manipulate. He tries to manipulate someone else to get rid of someone else. He's he's oh, always he's oh, all, yeah. Saying. Okay, so you think he's gonna manipulate Arya into uh-huh. going to King's Landing or something? I think that Littlefinger okay. saw this assassin that he said, "I'm going to program this person to do something for me." Okay, maybe. I'll, I'll it, give that one a, a solid uh, seven. And then six, maybe. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> But and, and and if she succeeds, he then will use that information to say she's a new Kingslayer to to um to you know what I'm saying to um dirty her name. She's a Kingslayer. She's the one that slayed the king, and she she's not fit for the throne. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, maybe. Yeah. So. All right. You want so anyway, to start? So, uh, my, okay. My last question is this, um, and this is about Sam 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 Tarley. Samuel yes. Tarly. Do you, do you think he took the book that had the gnomon in it, first of all? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I answer it, or are you going to ask the second part? Well, yeah, answer that one oh, first. Oh, that's it, okay. Uh, I hope so, but um, I, I don't really know. That, that was kind of another thing that was kind of, you know, a little bit ridiculous to believe in this episode is the fact that he's just grabbing random scrolls and random books. And it's like, does he really know what he's grabbing right now? Or is he just taking as many books as he can fit into his satchel before he leaves? You know, it's, I mean, maybe he did know what he was grabbing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he did because he has been working in the, in the library in these archives forever. So maybe he did know the content of each of these scrolls that he was grabbing. It just looked like he was grabbing them at random and stuffing them into a bag. So, um, but yeah, in terms of that that book, I, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I'm not really sure. I hope, hopefully, since he wasn't really listening to Gilly, maybe she'll bring it. You know, maybe she was, you know, working on learning how to read or whatever with that book. So maybe she'll she'll bring that with her, and maybe he'll read, discover it later. Uh, you know, maybe he'll he'll find the book and go through it, and then he'll actually read it for himself because it seemed like what she said didn't click with him. You know. Uh huh. Like yeah. She, she read it, and then it seemed like he just disregarded her, which is kind of kind of funny, by the way. Like, there's this parallel that Sam has been struggling with getting people to listen to him at the Citadel. Like, he has good information, but the Maesters continuously ignore him and belittle his knowledge and advice. And uh-huh. then it's funny that he goes and does the same exact thing to Gilly. Like, she's trying to tell him some va- valuable information, but he just kind of d- completely disregards her based on her upbringing and kind of assumes that everything she's talking about is nonsense uh, just because of who she is. Meanwhile, she just dropped this huge, huge piece of information, and he... Huge piece. I mean, right. I, I, I didn't realize how huge it was until I went online, and everyone's just flipping out about it. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's saying, of course, yeah, the woman breaks the story, and the man has no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. And so Pretty now, much. do you think Samuel Tarly will come will come lead his house in in in, in, in the next war? Uh, I don't. 
know that he can because, see, John was able to get out of his, so I, I don't know if he can because John was able to get out of his Night's Watch oath because he died for the night, for the watch. Um, so when he was reborn, it was essentially like, all right, well, I vowed to give my life for the Night's Watch and I did. <laughs> so now I'm starting my new life as, you know, back to, back to being Jon Snow slash Stark and I'm going to go fight this war and forget about the Night's Watch. But Sam, he... He didn't die or anything, so he still has his oath to the Night's Watch, and I can't see him abandoning that. Well, see, this this, this is why I have a problem with that. There's a lot of things that Sam's doing that's not kosher. Like, he has a girl with him and a baby, you know? Right. Oh, um, yeah, that's that's true. But so, he yeah. didn't marry her. Yeah, but, but come he, on now. Yeah, he's yeah, traveling no, with her, right. you know? And, yeah. and, and, I, and I think the war with the White Walkers is pretty much going to erase everybody's debt to the, to, to the wall once they go through that ordeal. Um, I think Samuel Tarly is going to lead his house in the next great war for the throne. I think that I think that that's what they're setting him up for because he has a he has a Valyrian sword, uh, the Valyrian sword, and I think that he will be everything that his father wanted him to be. Maybe I think it's either going to end that way. It's either going to end with him becoming Lord Tarly and taking up his father's seat, or maybe he'll end up being the leader of the Night's Watch. Like maybe he'll go back and he'll become Lord. No, Commander. no, no, no. I can't see him doing that because I think that the leader, nice watch. That guy is awesome for that position, you know. And I think he's yeah. made for that. So, all right. Well, that that, that ties with this episode. Um, <clears throat> we did it without Dre Love, you know. Hopefully, yeah. we, hopefully, hopefully we have Dre on a uh, Sunday, and uh, his <laughs> uh his cool, you know, cool cool voice. And <laughs> I look I look forward to Sunday a lot. Um. Wh- I think it's going to be all, you know, I think this, I think this episode is another fan kind of thing to the fans because one of the, one, one of the favorite episodes of Game of Thrones of all time was Hard Home, that battle there. Right. And I think that they're just going to do the same thing over again, you know, have, have another yeah. kind of, yeah. It could battle, be. Yeah. Battle with the, with Westeros' best warriors versus, you know. The White Walkers. Uh, yeah. Supposedly on, on, on a mission to grab one of them. So. Yeah. It's going to be some major fan service. So I'm going to do what Audio normally does is now it's time to drop the mic.